the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Today, it was going to be a solo show. It was just going to be me talking to myself. Matt, unfortunately, due to the tube strikes in London, has had to rush into work last minute. Uh, We couldn't set up any other time, which is on me. But luckily, at the last minute, a super sub has arrived. Uh, I'm going to introduce him now. Basically, if Amazon make another documentary, this would be the only bit they listen to of our podcast. It's super sub. It's Stefan. Oh, God, I hope they don't listen to me today. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's not going to be a good documentary to watch. Yeah. So, oh. uh, so yeah, so this is a Spurs News podcast. Uh, it's a show that we try and do weekly as best we possibly can, talking all things Tottenham. We do have some time off sometimes for international breaks. We definitely take the summer off because, let's face it, we all earn that as a break from Tottenham. Um, and this week, I... <laughs> so last, last week, me and Matt on the show kind of attacked this... F- attacked the question of what the hell's wrong with us you know we beat man city and played great we then go to burnley and lose the manager was like ready to jump <laughs> and it yeah. was like what the hell um we then uh thump leads 4-0 their manager gets sacked off the back of it by the way um kind of feel bad for that yeah yeah a little bit yeah and no, i seemed a good guy um so you're kind of like okay although if you watched the leeds game you would look at it and go we won that game 4-0, but they, they had so many chances in it. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel good. We won the game 4-0. You can't mm-hmm. kind of, you can't feel overly down about that. But still, it was like, we, we still need work. But this would be the platform, you know. This is, you can write the Burnley result off now. That's a blip. A cold night in the rain. You can lose 1-0 away, away to Burnley. That can happen to anybody. But we beat Man City, we beat Leeds. Come on now, here we go. Uh, next game, FA Cup, Championship team. It's like, here's a chance. We can build some momentum. And then we get dumped out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough. I mean, the momentum is there, but it's not the direction any of us are hoping for. That, that is, I think, can you call it, I mean, I suppose that's downward momentum. Free falls? Free, yeah, momentum. That's, there you go, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, yeah. yeah, terminal velocity, I believe it's that's called. That's the word, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I've mentioned this before when I'm writing po- when I do the podcast, and I tend to write a kind of bullet point list of, okay, here we go. So I always, <laughs> bizarrely, I always write the word open, like I'd forget to go hello. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I I always write that score like, okay, here's we well, open. I thought you were just describing our defence. Open, no. <laughs> Very no, yeah. no, no, no. When you consider the level of fitness coaches we got, you do think we might have to hire one that actually knows how to defend at some point. <laughs> moving on from that, um, so I, I write these bullet points, and it's kind of like a guide. Uh, me and Matt stick to this very loosely, and whenever me and you do a show, it's very, very loose. It's kind of like, here's the bullet points I want to cover, and then we're just going to go off on tangents, which I, yeah, I am. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the king of that anyway. Um, but today, I mean, my bullet points, there are five, okay? The first bullet point is open. The last yep. bullet point is closed, because it's just my stupid tradition I've gotten into now that I do that so there's three bullet points the last of the three is fan questions so uh, that's from social media we got a few from um, uh, I was going to say TikTok then we don't get nothing from TikTok or Twitter Uh, Instagram and we got a few from Facebook 
Um, the second of those bullet points is 13 games left, because that's all we have left in this season now. We're out of all competitions but the Premier League, and there are 13 Premier League games remaining. But my big bullet point is, uh, and apologies for the language, everybody, is just what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that sums up, I think, pretty much every Spurs fan. Um, 13 games left, that's almost 40 points. Like, that could be, you know... Wow, you you just you just find a positive spin to thirteen games left. Me, I'm thirteen games left of hell. I'm like thirteen games left of this. Honestly, I am. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I go on holiday. I think is it next week? I yeah, go on holiday, yeah, and yeah. I am happy to say that the phone will be not connecting to Spurs for those three weeks. I, I gotta say, I dislike the fact that me and you are so close now that you're checking with me when you go on holiday. Yes, mate, that is next week you go that away. That is next yeah. week. But I never thought I'd be going away. And I, normally, I go on holiday, and there will be at least one or two fixtures where I'm like, do you know what, I'm going to find a bar. Yeah, I know, I hear you. And yeah. I'm going to find a bar, and, you know, I, I'm heading to the US of A. Yeah. Um, so there will be bars. Yes, there will. And there will be sports bars, and they will probably have a Spurs game on, and I'd normally hunt one out and just be like, look, we're going away for X amount of days. However, this evening, th- this day or this evening here, this is my time. Yeah. I'm going to go to a bar. Come with me. I don't mind. But I'm going to go watch some football. Yeah. yeah and this you. holiday, this holiday, I'm like, nope, nope, all good. All good. Okay, so I, I think what we need to do is just try and... <laughs> I try and break things down a little bit. Try and sort of jump into this. Um, I to take an uber positive point of view. Okay, results like that happened in Burnley when it's hammering it down with rain and da 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 da. da that can happen to any team on any day. Genuinely, they can. Oh, of course, can. Yeah, yeah. In isolation, I think I said this last week. You can almost write that off as like, oh bloody hell, you know. You could be in the form of your life, then go to Burnley when it's raining and lose one 0 You know, it happens. Or in, in Man City's case, you could be in the form of your life and play Spurs and lose three yeah, two. Like, yeah, exactly. It just happens. Yeah. It's a blip. Yeah, yeah it, it does happen. Now you you also then look at the FA Cup and the history of the FA Cup. Tottenham and the side that we put out should not lose that game. But no. football is not played on paper, it's played on grass. And in the last round, the Manchester United team that got put out at Old Trafford should not have lost that game to Middlesbrough. No, I think you did. get every season. I think that's the reason people still love the FA Cup, is that yeah. every season you'll just get this completely random championship or yeah. League One team. And yeah. it's like, oh, they've just beaten a premiership. Yeah, and, they've and, beaten and, another premiership team. And, What's and going on? And they don't just beat them like, you know, absolute fluke by, you know. I mean, they, they played us off the park. <laughs> I think perhaps that's yeah. why it's a bit it's a bit tougher. You know, they, they were faster to every loose ball. They were more, they wanted it more. And that, that I think, is where we as a fan base are now struggling. Or we as a fan base are looking at this going... What the hell has to happen for us to be better? To 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 look like we got desire? Do you do you think that that's part of the, what we're suffering with, or part of we as fans are struggling with, is because uh, in the recent history, so the Pochettino team for his first two full seasons, 
Nobody out-sprinted us. Nobody outran us. Nobody wanted it more than us. Like, you watched us play, and it was ridiculous, the Hungary. Of course there were blips, but the, the 99% of the time, we were first to every ball. We were into every challenge. The players yeah. were, like, running through walls for each other. Do you think that because that is in our such recent history, despite the fact that it's a fair few years ago now, yeah, I mean, I think we were saying about a good, like, five, six years ago now. Yeah, I mean, what's that, 2015, 2016? Yeah, you yeah. know, half a decade has passed since that. And we, we've just... It's not even that we've stalled. We've actually gone backwards. You know, the, the club have made bad decision after bad decision. And it's got to the point now that even good decisions that are being made don't seem to have the impact you'd want them to have. Yeah, man, I'm now having dreams about Daniel Levy being sacked. Daniel Levy being sacked will never I actually happen. had this as a dream about three nights ago. Yeah. And I woke up really happy. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just... Yeah, it's business mistakes that are being made, like the stadium. We love the stadium. The stadium is phenomenal. Yeah. The training ground is phenomenal. Yeah. But I'm, I know you and Matt have spoken before about the fact that Daniel Levy put so much time and effort into that yeah. that he almost forgot about those things that go on a pitch. Well, what what I think we need to do is look at this from a point of view of um, we grade Daniel Levy's performance based on the football team that we support. Yep. The owners of Tottenham Hotspur PLC grade Daniel Levy's performance on the asset growth. Yeah, And they are his boss. So when you work a job, you, me, anybody, who are you looking to please? The people below you or the people above you? Yeah, you don't even want to please your colleagues. You want to please the boss. Yeah, yeah. And and, that's, and this is kind of, I say it's a sad reality, but I think it's a reality across all things that, yes, you do sometimes get engaged owners of football clubs who are keen to see success because they're kind of looking at this as... I don't know, trying to trying to fulfil some void from their business life that, hey, I can get success here. This is something for, for me that I want. Um, you also get people stealing the mineral wealth of entire countries and buying success for fun and also laundering money. But that's not us. So focusing purely on us, we have an owner in Enoch and Joe Lewis who do not care if Tottenham win football matches. Only care if the detrimental part of the team is affecting the value of the asset. So if we are a Premier League football team, if we are playing games every season and filling in this stadium and doing all of these things, Enoch won't give a shit if we lift the trophy. And that's, that's proven by the fact that every time we've had an opportunity to advance or improve, they've, they've done nothing. Yeah. You know, they they have not taken any opportunity to go, right, we are right on the cusp here of winning things, so let's invest some money, because if we invest some money here, we can win things, They because they don't care. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen someone say about, like, now, I was not a fan of the Jose period. No. It made fantastic television. Well, for Amazon, yeah. But that was it. However... If we've said before, if there's one man that you would choose to lead your squad mm. in a one-game-matters sort yeah, of match, yeah. like a cup final, yeah. it's Jose. Yeah. 
and they sacked him the week before a final. Yeah. Like, nothing screams to me more that we don't want this club to win things. Yeah. No, then that's like well, us well, us qualifying for Europe, any Europe next season. Well, you know why getting they to the final and sacking Conte. Well you, well, you know why they sacked him then? Oh, all the bonuses and yeah, yeah. Let's 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 make this clear because there are loads of people out there who will who will deny this till they're blue in the face, and there are people out there who will say no, he had to go, he had to go. I am someone who genuinely believes he had to go. He should have gone a lot sooner. To yeah. sack him the week coming up to a cup final, when, as you say, anybody in football, regardless of your hatred of Jose Mourinho, and I, I know some people who are Spurs fans who hate the guy, yeah, they still would have thought you keep him for that final. Yeah, you, you sack him after the final because with him in charge, there's a good chance that you actually grind out a really boring 1-0 win yeah, yeah, but you, you lift a trophy you've got every opportunity of winning that game I love Ryan Mason but he's brand new coach his first ever game as a head coach is a cup final I mean that's got to be some sort of record out there it's got to be like some sort of question one day for question of sport isn't it it's going to be a pub quiz Who, what manager's first game was a yeah, cup final it was a league uh, cup final yeah Ryan Mason now when it comes to the situation where Jose was sacked, and it was a financial decision, the club knew that if he won a trophy, it would be difficult to sack him in terms of, oh no, he's just won a trophy, can we actually follow through on this? But also, all the bonuses and extra kicked in of actually lifting a trophy with Spurs, they didn't want to take that risk. They didn't want to take the financial risk of him lifting a trophy and it costing them more money. Which is just pure insanity. Well, it, again, it goes towards where the club is run and how the club is run. The club is run as an efficient business, which is generating an asset growth for its owner. Now, see, a lot of people have misconceptions, and I've talked about this a lot, which is a lot of people go, oh, all this money going to the club just goes into Levy and Dean's pocket. That, that's actually not true. The club does take the money from the fans and put it back into the football club. They don't take money out. Enoch don't make a drawing every month. Daniel Levy's got a salary, but he doesn't draw money out. What happens is they just sit back and let the club grow by using the club's own money to keep growing the club. So the club a business model is brilliant. Well, it's it's an investment model, and it's a massive long-term investment. I believe, and this is rough figures, they roughly bought the club for £200 million. The club's latest valuation due to the stadium and all stuff like that is around £2 billion. Now, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to make that. Because you've got to remember as well, all of the loans, the stadium debt and everything like that is in the club's name. The club yeah. has taken all that on. The club services it all. It's the club. Enoch, the owners... Who, by the way, have got enough money. Joe Lewis has got enough money in his bank account. He could have built that stadium without lending. Yeah. But why would he? <laughs> he doesn't need it to. It won't make him any money. No, yeah. it doesn't make him money. Now, he has the ability now just to sit back. And at some point, this asset sells and Enoch absolutely cleans up. I mean... It, I don't get it. Like, the other thing is, the guy's so damn old now. What does he even yeah. need two billion pounds for? 
Oh, Apart from mate. a yacht. Mate, it's not, though. It's his company. He, yeah. He's an investment company. Enoch is a company that will continue long after he's gone. And, you know, they will continue making money from their investments. And this is just one massive, massive investment. And it is paying off for them big time. I mean, it's, yeah. what, 25 years? Um, you know, if you think about uh, if you stuck $200 million in a savings account, uh, you know, just it's, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. But... They they have literally done this, and it's an investment to them. And I've seen a lot of stuff about uh, Tottenham being bought, Tottenham being took over. There's always rumours. Some asshole on April Fool's Day every year does one. You, normally. It's me. Yeah, it's always <laughs> me. Yeah. And I'm going to do it again this year. <laughs> so, if you're listening on the podcast, it's going to happen again. Um, I, I think the thing that a lot of people need to realise with this is when you see these rumours and you see this stuff out there, Typically, uh, any deal of that size cannot stay hidden. A perfect example of that right now in in the current climate is Roman Abramovich is trying to sell Chelsea. Within yep. a day of him actively looking to sell, it was front. It was news. It was everywhere. And yep. the reason why is because an asset that size and that type of deal, there are too many people have to be involved that no one that you can't keep it quiet. Someone is going to go. Ooh, I'm going to tell yeah. my brother. Oh, I, I just had a phone call from, from my boss. Who our firm's dealing with this, and Chelsea's up for sale. Oh, bloody hell! Really? Yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm going to tell my mate who's a Chelsea fan. Bang! It's on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so, it <clears throat> the, these type of things they cannot stay quiet. Now rumors fly around, but what I'm talking about uh, confirms that you will see it. The press run with it. It'd be everywhere. And Tottenham's profile being a Premier League team, it'd be the same. So you if you see, it to be so, yeah. Yeah, so if you see a rumour from a Twitter account that's not been picked up by anybody else, if you see a rumour on a News Now link, uh, you know, Football Insider or someone like that, and no one else is running with it, it's because it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll be blunt. I know there are times people say, yeah, but they might be first. Mm, they're, they're guessing. They're going two plus two is four, and every now and again they'll get one right and go, "See, we told you." Yeah, it's it's a nonsense. It is an absolute nonsense. I got told about the Tottenham NFL deal uh, about twelve months before it got announced, quite a long time ago. And I told a few people who I knew Spurs fans, and they were like, "Oh, okay, that's random." And I was like, "Well, it's quite a good deal, you know. It's going to increase our exposure in the US." Sure enough, it then got announced, and I had a load of people message me like, "Oh, how did you know that?" It's like, "Well." I actually know someone. I went to school with someone who was involved in it, so that's yep. how I find out. So there are rare occasions. I didn't slap it all over the internet, but journalists didn't pick up on that. Literally, the day it was announced, the first time you saw it anywhere. But then you got another. You, so what I'm trying to say is, with regards to Tottenham being sold, due to the asking price, due to the level of debt now against the club from the stadium, we are not as an attractive sale as we once were. We're we're not as you know Oh gosh yeah. Enoch and, and Daniel Levy got us to this kind of peak value with the stadium being built in the Champions League, a stable manager, great squad. If they were gonna sell, that was the time and there was interest. There were several consortiums circling at different times and Daniel Levy and Enoch made the decision, no, 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 we can still get more money. We, we you know, we, we're in this. We can we can do better. And, and now it's fallen flat. 
you know, and now the stadium. no one's going to put that sort of money in that. No, because you look at the pandemic happened, and then you can you can, you know, it's, it's difficult. They couldn't have predicted that. Nobody could. But it no. is is a, a reality of where they are now. The stadium has been sat there for two years, no naming rights yet. That is what blows my absolute mind. Yeah. The fact that we still don't have a naming... Like, I don't care. No matter what happens, that is White Hart Lane. Yeah. You could name that the Jeff Bozes, whatever his name is, stadium. Yeah. It is still going to be White Hart Lane. But the fact that as a business run and everything else, they mm. haven't sold the rights to it yet. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Well... Again, it comes down to the price that's being asked. Yeah. They are looking for the world's biggest stadium sponsorship deal. <laughs> Which is great. However, if you look at some of the NFL teams and the profile they mm. have, yeah, no, it, we're not that big. No, uh, but the, their idea is, you know, when you have a stadium and yep. you have a naming rights, the idea is that every time that stadium is used, your brand name is associated with it and is said. So at the moment, every game is at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Let's say, just picking a company, Amazon bought, did a naming rights deal and it became the Amazon Arena. All right? Just real stupid. <laughs> I, I, the AA. Yeah, the AA, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous. That would work for Tottenham fans. It's where they're sending most of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Broken Dang, that also works. See, on two levels. Yeah. So... So the Amazon Arena, right, and they do this deal and everything like that. That means every single Premier League home game is called the Amazon Arena. All the cups, the FA Cup, which is televised, Premier League televised globally, massive yep. brand. Uh, potentially Europe, European football, potentially Champions League level football at that stadium. Again, Amazon Arena every single time, like the Allianz. You know, all these yep. different brands that you know about. You also have the NFL. The NFL will play two games there every year and that deal looks like it's going to get extended so you also have premiership rugby you also have five they're aiming for roughly five music events five additional sporting events we've had the boxing Anthony Joshua and all that stuff yeah exactly the global reach of this stadium is phenomenal The, the amount of events and things that are looking to be staged there because of the design where you can remove the grass and have, uh, in essence, a flat artificial surface. You, you, it's countless. They, they're on about motocross and all sorts being done there. You just dumped a load of mud on the AstroTurf, didn't you? Yeah. You got it, yeah. So there, there is a <laughs> countless amount of things that they are looking at and revenue streams. And here's the other thing as well. All of that revenue from all of those things is paying for the stadium. So the yes. Tottenham Hotspur revenue should should be going straight into the Tottenham Hotspur squad. So all of this, in theory, all of this kind of... Everything that's there should be working and should enable us to be in a brilliantly financial position. That's fine. All of that, you've got to say, yeah, okay, this all makes sense. So what in the hell's going wrong? And and you look at it and you go, because we have spent money. Like the last uh, transfer window Pochettino had, the club blew $100 million on Giovanni de Celso and Tangi Undembele. Great signings. Yep. Now, now I'm going to hold my hands up, right? I'm going to say this to you. Tangi Undembele, I thought, was worth every single penny we spent on him. He was the next Dembele, but with the added attacking threat. Yeah. He was going to be hard to muscle off the ball. Yeah. He was going to be yeah. that player who, yeah. 
I mean, let's look at the Middlesbrough game. We yeah. desperately need a player who can get on oh, the ball and spend a few ball. seconds on it and yeah. just get rid of the pressure. Because at the moment, yeah, we no get release. the ball. We get the ball. There's no one to pass it to. And then they panic and we end up kicking it somewhere and going, oh, we lost the ball again. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's too difficult to watch when we're in that kind And of... even Lo Celso, to be fair, mm. when we signed Lo Celso, yeah. now everyone who had watched him play in Spain yeah. was saying he is not Christian Eriksen. No. He is not. But that's what everyone seemed to think they were going to get. Yeah. I was looking at him as a player who was going to create chances, but from a bit deeper on, giving players yeah. like Son and Deli the chance to really. You guys sit up there with Kane and do your thing. Yeah. And let this guy ping around. And I was like, these are good signings. Yeah, big time, yeah. And Dombele to keep hold of the ball, Lacelso to play the through balls, yeah. Deli <clears throat> Son, and Kane to score goals. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in the yeah. Mauricio Pochettino system, it all it all sat there and you're like going, I can see this. This is really going to kick on. This is great. This is business. In that window, we also signed Sessignon for about 25 million. Yeah, you, you can't. You cannot predict injuries and stuff like that. We sacked Pochettino. Tangi Ndombele did an interview in Lyon, um, and he basically said the minute we sacked Pochettino, we wanted to leave. It's like he made he joined the club purely to work with him because he thought he could drive him with his fitness. He is a person he felt was a personality he could really get along with, and he respected and. <laughs> and then we sacked him and brought in Jose Mourinho. who's like literally the the opposite. Yeah. The, oh, god, yeah. One is an arm an- around the shoulders. Yeah. The other one's a slap across the face. Yeah. yeah. The the antichrist of modern football, to be honest with you. <laughs> and you just got to look at what's going on in Roma now. The the stories coming out of the players talking about archaic training methods, um, backwards backwards thinking towards injuries and sports science. Oh man, it's like it's like listening to the greatest hits from his time in charge of us. Yeah, and and like I said to you right at the start of this podcast, where I said about how decision making that even now good decisions are being made, it's still tinged with what the fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Anthony Conte is a phenomenal manager. He is. He is. There is no doubt in it to me at all. Um, forget his track record, forget everything else. Just him coming into Tottenham, I've seen the team fitter and running more. I've seen the team fitter sprinting more. Yeah, it's seen, definitely been a boost. I've seen a, a tactical pattern of play for the first time since Mauricio Pochettino left. And I've seen players seemingly learning week in, week out. Okay, so this is now my role, this is what I do, and, and improving, and I've seen it. So why is it? Those things are undeniable to me. Why is it we're still so inconsistent? What is it? What is it going on? Because Jose Mourinho, for all of his faults and everything like that, said there is a mentality issue at Tottenham. Yeah. Mauricio Pochettino, towards the end of his tenure, said a painful rebuild must have. You know, painful. There must be decisions made where players leave, and I replace them. And he questioned the mentality of. Tottenham. He questioned the problem. The thing that I found really interesting, I went looking for this before the podcast, Mauricio Pochettino never once questioned the squad. He always said Tottenham. 
he always when he talked about this and anyone can go back and check it because I find this interesting mentality of Tottenham mentality of we as a club mentality needs to change of everything here he just repeated it went on and on and on Jose said it about the squad he didn't talk about the club he said it about the squad Nuno said nothing walked around earned some money and left let's forget that ever happened he said nothing to anyone yeah. ever by the yeah, sounds of it he, he had it on a timer <laughs> 30 seconds gone he, he stood on the touchline and licked his lip too many times, I think was what we found Oh, God. He was it you who told me that? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. I think I think it was one of your comments from Facebook. Yeah, Someone mentioned it. And the minute, it. minute. As soon so, as I heard it. Whoever said that as a comment, I hate you. Because the minute I was like, really, does he? And I can't. I couldn't then not see it. It was, it like, was like watching a lizard oh. just constantly like licking his lip. Oh, stop like, it. What the hell? Stop it. Why, why is he doing that? I mean, I don't know. But perhaps it's a nervous thing, like a nervous thing tick but oh it was bad yeah Tottenham Hotspur's enough to give you a nervous tick (laughs) yeah but then then Conte's coming and like I said and Conte's coming and now Conte's saying it as well now Conte's talking about the club in a lot of ways and he's also talking about the squad yep so I've got a theory go on <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. I love here. a theory. Go on. Yeah, so I think there's an alien race. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not that theory. <laughs> not that In theory. 1974, yeah. Tottenham yeah. Hotspur actually yeah. was cursed by a voodoo doctor. Hey, don't mess with gypsy curses, man. They're real. <laughs> I won't hear anything about it. Uh, right, my family, just, they were like, here we go, we're going on a tangent, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. I started. My, it took my, almost half an hour, but I my, did it. My grandmother, right? <laughs> Always tells the story of the gypsy curse. Um, rest her, she's gone now. But she used to tell this story all the time. The gypsy curse in my family apparently was three generations back from my gran. A man, um, a man uh, was dating a gypsy woman, and then didn't you know? High society couldn't be dating a gypsy woman, so left her for this other lady, and she cursed him and all the men that would follow him to have bad marriages and that's why all the men in my family kept cheating on their wives it was a gypsy curse Any, <laughs> anyone else finding that convenient anyone else anyone else it's wow. like oh it's like I, I just can't believe it it's like every time a marriage would break up in my family i'd like look around and my grand would be like it's the curse no it's horny bastards stepping out on their wives grand for fuck's sake <laughs> Oh, anyway. <laughs> Why did you yeah. bet that woman? I was yeah. cursed to do yeah, it. Well, well, apparently my, my generation's the last, so my daughter's generation will be free. Oh, will be free then. of the gypsy curse. Yeah, yeah, so... Man, it's messed up, and it? I just... <laughs> anyway. How many so, more yeah. years do you reckon Spurs have got on that one, then? Uh, 407. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I am starting to think we built the stadium over, like, an ancient native burial ground or something. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so not none of the. Do you know Sorry, what? Yeah, that's your theory. Your theory. No, I th- I'm actually thinking we'll bring a podcast feature in now, which is where we have a different theory every week. I'll whack the X Files theme underneath it, and we'll just. So if you're up for that, and you've got a theory as to why Tottenham are are the way they are, and I want it to be stupid, zany, and crazy. Email me, message us on Facebook, send it via Carrier Pigeon. However, you get in touch with us, do it, and the I will Spurs put together. Oh, <laughs> the Spurs files! Yes, I will put together a bit of investigative journalism into every theory <laughs> as to oh, why man. we are the way we are. Because if we can't left. laugh, 
if we yeah we got thir- and it's 13 unlucky for some so if we can't laugh well, i mean we gotta do something we gotta do yeah. something so my oh. serious theory right okay, yes yeah, sorry this yeah. off. my serious theory <clears throat> is um and I, I want people to think about uh their workplaces and stuff and where they've been in and and i think all of us at one point in our life have worked in a place where you are clocking in and clocking out because it's the environment there you're basically collecting your wage you're kind of like this isn't a place where i can get promotion this isn't a place i want to call it my career uh especially when we're younger because when we're yep. younger we're we're you know it's about making money to go out really you know it's like yeah i've got this job to spend the money on my car to go out and drink with my friends oh gosh yeah we were at that job we are not yeah we are not looking at this as I, I my life to my, my job straight from the night out leave the club <clears throat> yeah. walk to the building start work finish work go drinking <laughs> wow hardcore I'm, I'm proud of you, man. That's, I, that's I once stuff. did get sent to the manager's office for turning up in the same shirt three days in a row because I just stay you, at a friend's you, house, you, grab you, a shower, go to work. You you would have hummed somewhat, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Stefan, you and the flies. Uh, we got to talk about it. Uh, so, what I find what I find interesting is this idea that's in my head, which is Tottenham has a problem rooted into the actual club, and the way the club is run is creating the problem for the squad and the players. What I mean by that is the club is run for asset growth and status quo. It is not run to win things. Mm-hmm. If the very top level of a club and all the management and everything like that, they're constantly giving press releases, of course we want to win stuff, our goal is to win, look, we spend money, we do this, we do that. But actually translates to naff all. It's just words. Mm-hmm. Actions. Actions speak louder than words. Antonio Conte, in January, every Spurs fan was convinced. If he has joined us, he has been told there's some money. He's got a couple of players coming in. There's no way he signed for us without that assurance. The end of that window... Well, that window ended with us weaker in terms of squad numbers. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think the players who have come in were good signings. Despite my misgivings about... Paratici just basically going back to the event that's going, oh, you got anyone spare? I've, I've messed everything up. <laughs> um, I, uh, despite despite that being my my initial feeling, that both players have been good since coming in. Uh, and, and I'm proud of those sign-ins and I hope they continue to develop with us because... But what worries me, okay, so, so this is, is they have come in and they are definitely a step up. They are definitely good. But there is a mentality issue in the club, and new signings and new people joining are almost they, they over time become that. You know, it almost like the squad wears them down. You know, you're one of us, one of us, one, <laughs> one of us. Of us. <laughs> and, and it just like they come in like I'm I'm elite, I am an athlete, I win trophies, I'm the best. Within three months of being at Spurs, I earn good money. I've got a nice house. My girlfriend's pretty. Yay. They don't care. It's like they just go into this kind of, I'm, I'm here, I'm at Tottenham. And what do we do at Tottenham? We kick a ball about every now and again. We train at this beautiful palace of a training ground. And then we go home, play some video games, maybe have a bit of a laugh. Every now and again, we might go out for a meal or something. And the, we'll let the press take a few pictures. Look at us as a team. We're bonding. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it, it is really, really difficult. to. But that comes from the top. Like, Anthony Conte can sit where he is and scream at this squad, we need to win. We need to win. But if the guy above Anthony Conte is like, but it doesn't matter if you don't. Love you. 
You're all good. You're wonderful people. What, you want to leave? No. Daniel, no, Tangy, you don't want to leave here. Do you know what? When I was a schoolboy, everyone wanted me to leave, but I knuckled down and I did really well. You stay, you beautiful man, you. How, where's your authority? You're literally, uh, Anthony Conte is basically a middle management in this, in this Zen diagram I'm drawing here. Yeah. And he's screaming, he's going red in the face, he's jumping up and down, he's setting things on fire trying to motivate this squad. And the squad's going, yeah, you'll get, you'll leave. We'll get someone else. We'll still be here. It doesn't matter. Oh, do you remember, that was Aaron Lennon. Aaron Lennon, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. mate, I'll be here after you are, mate. Off you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it and turns out he wasn't. However, no, 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 but he did really help Burnley beat us the other day, so he, I think he's smiling somewhere. But no, you're, you're right, and that is the attitude. And that think about the malaise we were in at that point as a club, the absolute stagnant crap of foreign overpaid mercenaries mixed with a core group of players who basically were just happy to be at Tottenham, just happy to be a Premier League player, happy to go through the motions. Oh, we won a game, yay, we're great. Oh, we lost a game, never mind. Like Antonio Conte is like, if you lose, it is death. You know, I hate losing. Oh any man, that match. guy loses a game, and he's pretty much quit the club. And yeah. you know, it is. It, it, it's it is okay. Difficult. It's a secret strategy that he's not going to tell anyone uh, but all the don't, newspapers don't, about. No, don't, oh man. my god! Man, Sorry, I didn't want to bring brain. this up. I did no. not want to bring this up, but I have now. That hurt. Who has a secret strategy that they then talk about? in front of all the media and oh, then expect mate. it to still work. <laughs> I, I I genuinely genuinely wrote a tweet. So the first guy to write this was Dan Kilpatrick for London Evening Standard. Yeah. And I replied to his tweet straight away saying, then how is it uh, then surely by giving this interview he's ballsed this up because yeah. Uh, it's a nonsense. Basically, at the end of that game against Burnley, he snapped and was ready to walk away. He then had his meeting with his boss the next day. Who went, uh, what? And he went, yeah, I was, I lost my head. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my and, bad. Some, and some PR person at the club has gone, well, you need to walk it back. You need to say something to, to calm stuff down. You, you can't be going on TV and saying, I hate everyone. I want to burn the place down. I mean, personally... I, I'm kind of on board with this. This kind of um, <laughs> yeah. this this attitude of I'm done. Let's let's just burn it all to the ground and start again is is really starting to grow on me. But yeah, like it has I said, a certain appeal. But circling back, like I said, I fear we are not going to progress as a football club until the ownership of the club either changes or they change their way of doing things. You look at, um, I, I want to just say this uh, little caveat to begin with. I hate Roman Abramovich with every single part of my being. Mm. At Chelsea, I want everyone just for a moment to focus on football and nothing else, okay? okay. At Chelsea, what he did was, from the top down, make it about success. He would hire and fire a manager the same week if he thought it wasn't going to work out. Forget the money. He would buy a player and then dump them if they didn't hit the standard he wanted. Forget the money. And that attitude and that kind of mercenary, that kind of ruthless thinking from the top is now all the way through that club. Chelsea fans, for me, are amongst some of the worst fans I've ever had any interaction with. Older Chelsea fans, forget their racism for a moment... 
I've lived through the crap and have appreciated the fun and now we're coming out and are potentially coming out the other side of it and they're about to have new owners. God, I hope they get someone crap. I, I really want them to get someone that saddles oh, see, them with dead. I really do. However, unfortunately, that club seems to have this thing where something bad happens to them. Yeah. And um, they somehow come out the other side like, yeah, you have a transfer yeah. ban for being really bad and yeah. buying in lots of youth kids. Yeah, they, so they fall they in then, shit and come out with roses. Yeah, so I know, they yeah. got banned from transfers for buying too many youth players. Yeah. So in they return to that, they then the played youth the players. youth players yeah. and have become better. Yeah, don't. don't, don't like, it hurts. Don't. It really hurts me. It's Tottenham to hired day. the most most medalled manager in the world, and he corrupts the squad and toxifies it. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? Why? Why does he, this keep happening? Why? Here's the thing with that, like I was saying about, he did that, he instilled that winning mentality in the club of, it's not about profit, it's not about profit, it's about glory, it is about winning things, so everybody in that club was under no illusions from day one, if I've been bought into this club, it doesn't matter how much they spent on me, I'm not safe, I need to perform, because if I don't, this club will bomb me out, and I will be a failure, Every yeah. manager they appoint knows if you don't perform, you're gone. It doesn't matter who the hell you are. Look at the managers they've gone through. I mean, I joke about this, that Tottenham can't avoid hiring ex-Chelsea managers because if they did, they'd run out of managers to hire because the guy rinses through them. You've currently got Thomas Tuchel in his first uh, first full season won them uh, whew, the champions of the world right now. However, yeah, Champions in of Europe, champions of the world. However, interesting article. Apparently, the higher-ups at Chelsea aren't impressed with their league campaign this season and he may lose his job. Now, that's obviously changing because Roman's selling the club. But that was a genuine article with genuine quotes in it from the woman who's like their sporting technical director under Roman saying, yeah, we wanted a Premier League, we want the title and it's not good enough. The guy has won the Champions League last season. What the hell? You know, Tottenham, Mauricio Pochettino won that game against Liverpool. It would be the Mauricio Pochettino Stadium. <laughs> the yeah. fans would demand it. Yeah. He'd still be there. We could have lost every game since and we'd still be going, don't care. <laughs> we, we, we look, at, look at what we did. Look at that. Look. Do you remember the time? <laughs> there would be a statue of the man that everyone, before going into the stadium, would stand next to and go, all hell, all hell, Pock, and walk in. It's just, it's just, I don't... <laughs> I know, I know it's a difference, but that is a mentality thing, and it is from the top down. It, it has to be there. You have to, as a club. You can't just put out press releases going, of course we want to win, but it's really difficult in January. No one wants to sell the players to us. It's crap. You pay the money, you get the player. We looked at Diaz, we haggled, we negotiated, we tried to manoeuvre, we tried to be clever. Liverpool went, how much do you want? All right, done. Yeah. It's, it's, it's elite mentality. It is, you can hire the, you know, serial winners. I know that's becoming a joke because of how much we're losing. You can hire <laughs> the best damn coach in the world yep. and you can put together a squad and keep signing good quality players to add to a squad until the club from the top down has a mentality to win things and it translates, we're stuck. And just to finish and really depress everybody, I can only see the next owner of this club being Daniel Levy, by the way. I 
I honestly believe Enoch will sell to a consortium of Daniel Levy backed by I don't know who. But uh, I think. Do, do you know what? I'm going to put this out there actually. Go for it. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Okay. You think? Hear me out on this one. So we know, uh, we, we quotations know, Daniel Levy went to Joe Lewis and asked for more funds this window. Joe Lewis said no. <laughs> or he just went and had a nice weekend. Or he went for mate. a nice holiday in the Bahamas. It was one <clears> of the yeah. two. Yeah. If Daniel Levy was at the top of the club and he had football people underneath him, yeah. business-wise, surely no one can deny the fact that Daniel Levy as a businessman yeah. has done phenomenal things for the club. I, I, so I, if he was at the top of the tree, purely business-wise, yeah. and he had people like Paratici and another person like that underneath him, who yeah. are, you guys run the club, I'm just going to do some business bits and be the owner. Yeah. I don't know if it would be the worst thing ever. I fully understand that if that's the bit Amazon listen to and choose to put on a thing, I'm yeah, dead. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I, I would actually give out your address to be lynched. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. But, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I just think that Joe Lewis is such a bad owner that I've now got to the stage that I'm actually going, oh, Daniel Levy would be an interesting person. Well, I, I saw someone yesterday on Twitter say, oh, if Roman's looking for a new club when all this settles down, maybe he'll buy us, and I just want to slap the bastard. Um, yeah, that's too uh, far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's too far. Yeah. I, yeah. Daniel Levy, maybe, but that one, no. Yeah, that that one, not so much. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say, really. Like I said, I mean, that's my opinion. That's my thoughts on what the hell's wrong. The problem with that is if I'm right, there is no fix. <laughs> there, it's like there is no kind of... Because in this in this summer window coming up, I keep reading these articles, right, about how this is massive. Tottenham will back Conte. Tottenham will do this. Tottenham will invest. Tottenham will do this. I've heard it all before. Why do I not believe it? I don't believe it. And I, and this is the thing is like as a fan base, we have heard this all before and we we've been told this and there are times on this podcast and I could probably go back and find them, but I won't because it depressed me where I've said the words and I'm going to say it again. If we don't, this, this is like now or never. If we don't, we are in big trouble. We are at the moment mid table, Premier League team. We are. We can't deny that anymore. We can't. On form, only just. On form, we're relegation fodder. Basically, this season, overall, we are a mid-table football club. We've had little cup runs that we've lost out on, but that's that's Tottenham of the 90s. We'd have little cup runs, but overall, shite. Up and down like a yo-yo. We are back there. Now, the club has the players, the manager... And the funding to change that dramatically this summer. Do they have the balls? Do they have the inclination? That's the question. The bigger question is going to come with, will we actually be able to retain the quality that we do have? I don't think we can. I think last summer, I think we did it bloody-mindedly. I think this summer, I think the club are going to be resigned to losing top players. 
I think we need to understand that without Europe, yeah, well, it's going to be no Kane. No. If Kane goes, I think Son goes. Based on his form at the moment, I'm starting to think he's already one foot out the door. There is a yeah, there is a rumor that Bayern Munich are willing to pay seventy five million for him, and this pretty much already, already there. Oh man. Um, I I mean, he had a really good time in Germany. He speaks German. Um, as a league, it's a little less physical. So as you're getting older, it's ideal. I think the club would accept that offer straight away. Um, I, I think uh-huh. you're right, and I suppose he—he's not getting any younger. Kane's no. not getting any younger. However, no. they should both be at their absolute prime. Yeah. Well, Manchester and... United are now the favourites for Kane. Um, Manchester United are looking to appoint Mauricio Pochettino in the summer, and the first signing they want to give him is Harry Kane. Uh-huh. Man United are willing to spend a hundred million for him. Um, and I personally think with two years left on his contract and the fact he wants to leave so desperately, um, I think the club would have to take that as well. Kane with an informed Rashford and Sancho on either side. That's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, brilliant that's for England. Well, you think about the way Mauricio Pochettino likes to set his teams up for a minute. Yeah. Um, and you you look at that the way he used to play with Tottenham, the way the wide forwards. Um, the creative midfielder and stuff like that. Um, if Man United managed to tie Pogba down, because of course he's a free agent in the summer. Um, yeah, he can talk to other know. clubs now. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a lot there. I mean, Mauricio Pochettino could walk into that club and make them better. We all know that, um, which is terrifying. You know, Van der Sar, Shaw, as overlapping fullbacks, um, he'll even make you know Maguire look half decent by partnering with someone who can actually play football. Yep. It is it is a terrifying prospect for us that in those sales we will get phenomenally weaker. We as a club need to be working ridiculously hard to be ready to buy good players. Conte needs to be backed. But we got 13 games left. He could quit 13 times before that anyway. Um, but it's, it's okay because it's just a strategy to get the players better. He's yeah. not actually quitting. Yeah, yeah. And now he's told the press it's definitely going to work better. Definitely a good strategy. (laughs) Okay, we are going to head over to the fan questions now. Uh, It's time uh, for Instagram and Facebook. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Okay, man. Do you have a preference of where we start? Um... Oh, lovely Laura's Instagram. Let's go there. All right, the, the lovely Laura and her Instagram. Okay, we're heading there. Well, um, not her Instagram. That's a dark place. You want to go to the Spurs news one? Okay, got you. Okay. Um, luscious Laura does only fan. Oh, wait, wrong one. Yeah, here we go. Yep, no, okay. No um, <clears throat> okay, so the first one is. <laughs> sorry, Laura. <laughs> don't be sorry. She There's a reason it. I'm not allowed in your group chats. I've realised. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, ever since you sent her that weird thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Diasporian1 says, I understand now what Conti means by stability. Just like with any product, you need to know what you are getting from every player every game. We're not there. We will get there. How long would you guess it will take to get there? I have faith that some of the guys who appear inconsistent now will get there. Some will have to go. There's a lot of getting there. 
Um, do I think we can get there? Do I think? I, I think ironically we've got thirteen games left, and possibly by game thirteen, a few of them might look more normal. Um, I think the thing is, is how ruthless do you want to be with this squad? Uh, I know Dan, uh, Polynesian Dan, as he's known from our podcast <laughs> group. He just wants them dead and gone. Uh, I mean, he's he's been ruthless about this for some time. Yeah. And, it, and if you're going to take that attitude, then you're probably looking at six of the starting first eleven gone. <laughs> you know, uh, and I mean like uh, being really ruthless. Um, you know, we've got two right wing backs at the club. Neither of them are good enough. You've got left wing backs at the club potentially in Cessignon and Regulon. Yeah, okay. Left-sided defender in Davies. Rodon. Rodon's clearly not fancied by the club at all, so he needs to go. Yeah. Davies is so inconsistent, it is, blows your mind. Davies guy... is, yeah, I love Davies, and I think I, I think the world of Davies, and I've really enjoyed having him at the club. Yeah. And it, he is one of those players that will be like Delhi. Well, not as much so as Delhi was, but one of those yeah. ones where everyone knows it's his time to go and that he's no yeah. longer up to the standards we want to be yeah. it's going to suck when he leaves because he's been yeah, around just, for so long but it's just needed. too inconsistent yeah. you watch that against Leeds that guy broke his neck to get back to make a block to stop Leeds scoring the easiest goal ever yep. he did everything to do that in that same game I watched him give the ball away four or five times needlessly I watched him miscontrol one where he just then passed it to, he just the guy is so up and down. You can't have that. You, it no. just has to go. Um, and you could go through the whole squad doing this in every position, all the way through the squad. Um, there are definitely some players there that you know with more time with Conte and a real pre-season with Conte. I think, and I, perhaps that's what's in his mind as well. He's th- he's looking at this squad right now, thinking some of you I know with a real time with me. I'm going to sort you out. <laughs> right now, we're like training for the matches, but I know, give me three or four weeks with you, <laughs> I will have you playing. Because I think a great example of that might be Harry Winks. Conte has talked about how he is driven, how focused he is, how good he is. Under Pochettino, Winksy was consistent every single week. You picked him, you brought him off the bench, Winksy did well. His decline is staggering. I mean, he was wanted by Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid. It is is mind-blowing to me. Pep at Man City even said that he would build a squad around him. Pep Guardiola literally picked him out as the best English midfielder of a generation and said he would love him at Man City, but there's no way Tottenham would ever let him leave. Yeah. He he picked him above... If if you go on Facebook, he's a League 2 player at best, apparently. uh, I'm ignoring our social media fans a second for that from that regard but what I mean is he is so inconsistent as well this kind of you watch him play a game recently I watched him play a game for us recently I can't think who it was and I looked at him and went that's that's him that's Winksy that's the player it might have been against Leeds I was like that's the guy that's the player that is there oh thank goodness we're seeing it but then just like Davies just like give the ball away like a real uh, uh, he's got no one on him and he passes back he could turn it's like his confidence is destroyed like he has no yep. no concept anymore of play and perhaps like Delhi, he needs to go to another club to play and feel different and get that back 
Perhaps that is the thing. But from a Conte point of view, you can see when he's picking him, he in his brain is watching him in training going, you're a different guy. You know, in training, you're this. In a match, you're this. What the... F- <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I want training you, not yeah. match you. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's sort this out. Because like, Kane, when Conte came in, was a shadow of himself. And yet, oh, gosh, Conte yeah. was was praising him below for like his training and his work and everything he's doing. And all the Tottenham fans are going, mate, you haven't seen nothing. You have not seen anything. We've seen Kane reach his best in the last few games. And I swear Conte's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's like, wow, this yeah. is ridiculous. Why are you guys not happy with this guy doing well? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't actually like, doing well at all. No, right. no, like this, this is, this is ridiculous. This is next level kind of, my mate is Purlo, and uh, yeah, you're that. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is nuts. Um, whether his relationship with Kane can save another season, I don't know. Mostly because of a business decision for the club. But that that's that's all hypothetical. There's 13 games left, so much can change. But yeah, I, I think as far as that comment goes, I do understand what you mean by the stability, and I do understand what the manager means. I, I come back to I fear there's too many people in this squad who are apathetic. Kind of like yeah. it doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if we win things at this club because no one expects us to do anything. Next up, uh, we got MG Beanie or MG Bene, MG Bene. I think. Do you think Hoiberg contributes anything to this team currently? I think he's fallen right off since Conti came in. When he first came, I loved his tenacity and determination. And he has that in abundance. But what I've seen more and more recently is his positioning is awful. At times mm-hmm. he just stands there and is, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's making the point that I've made on the podcast recently and you, me and you have talked about. There is something gone with Hoybier and I don't know what it is. But when he came in, the guy, for, every, for lack of certain skills, the one thing you could say was every game he gave everything. Yep. And there are probably still people now watching him going, he is, he is, he is. He is awful at tracking people. And I mean awful. And yeah. it is painful. He's and so bad at tracking it, people that the other... Who was it? Was, is it the Burnley goal I was looking at? Again, um, no, I think it was the Middlesbrough goal. Uh, no, 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 no. It was, it was Burnley. It was it the was Burnley, Burnley goal. He's so bad at marking someone that I started having a go at Romero for losing his yeah. man and purely he because he was yeah. the only person near the guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then realised it was Hoyberg yeah. who just wandered off. Yeah, just just like literally, the guy stood next to him. He is marking him. He is on him, and the guy just wanders off, and he still stood there. And what drives me insane is he's then having a go at everyone. And I'm yeah. like, "Where's the marking? Really, mate? You really? You? Everyone else has picked up their man, and then have looked round and gone." What? Where the f- and Hoybeers? They're shouting at him, and they're like, "Mate, that was you. That was you." <laughs> Just and that happens too much. So I saw him get dropped for a game, and I saw him come back with a vengeance and play really well. And now the very next game, it's so up and down. This squad, it's difficult to pinpoint him. But yeah, the, the inconsistency in his form. It's like, like I said, the squad has infested, infected him. It's one of us, one of us. He's now inconsistent yeah, see, as well. I still want. I think I messaged you said this. I still wonder how much of Hoybjerg was mm. his stats at Southampton. Everyone was like, he's phenomenal. Look at this guy. Most amount of this, most yeah. amount of that. Yeah, he was playing at the time in a very poor Southampton team. 
They were yeah. not the Southampton team that they are this season. No. And were his stats really, really good because the rest of the team was that poor? It's like, when whenever I see the stats of like goalkeeper stats, yeah. most saves in the Premier League last year, my first thought is, wow, your defence is shit. Yeah, 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 you're right. Like, if you had a good defence, you should be making the least amount of saves in a season because you shouldn't be facing yeah. any shots. Yeah. No if sure. he's making the most interceptions and most tackles, is that because the rest of the team are that poor that he's happy yeah. to? Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. And he's, he uh... came in, and that first season, the first half a season, so he was with us. Yeah. The same as you said, every game he was like, yeah, let's go through walls. I'm going to, yeah. And, yeah. and now he's one of the first on my list where I'm like, do you know what? If we sell him in the summer, not fast. Yeah. We've, yeah, got, no, we've got we've um, got Divine, we've got White, we've got Skip, Skip, um, Bentacore now coming as well at that position. Yeah. I'm like, if Hoybier goes this season, then yeah. you know, thanks for keeping Jan's top warm. Uh, <laughs> <see you later. laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, Jake Bennett seventeen says, I started writing a question, but halfway through realised that it was not only a small novel but a little <laughs> bit dang beat. <laughs> Shall we say, just so instead of a stupid question, club or country? I'm talking major trophy for a club as well, although that being said, we're not exactly in a position to be picky. Anyway, great work as always and hope you're all well. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're all doing okay for once. Um, okay, club or country? Oh, that's, that's tough for me. I think most people have said club, but I, uh, the idea of England winning a World Cup in my lifetime is kind of amazing. Um, you know, we got I, to the I final think... of the Euros, and the atmosphere was great. I mean, other than the twat you broke in the Wembley. Yeah, I, I think the problem with that question is simply every season, Tottenham have the chance to potentially win four trophies. <laughs> yeah. We have to yeah. wait every two years, really, for the opportunity of a trophy for a country. Yeah, true. I think what Chelsea have won more trophies in the last twelve months than England yeah. have won since 66. So I okay. think that's probably why I would say country over club. Yeah. Because it would be a hell of a lot more special. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go, Jake. Hope that answers your question. Uh, Darren Ward.3 says, do you think there's a case for dropping Sun? He's very hit and miss lately. Uh, Darren, yeah, you've kind of hit the nail on that again, which is this weird form, inconsistent nonsense. Sonny against Middlesbrough should have scored twice easily. I mean, Sonny on different days scores the chances he's got. You can praise their keeper, definitely. But Sonny's better than that, and Sonny knows it. He lost the ball so many times. He got pushed off so many times. Uh, yeah. It was it was embarrassing. And the Mountain Man has commented on Darren's uh, question. <clears throat> Sorry, one second. The Mountain Man <laughs> said, Son had a shocker. You're right, mate, he did. He did have a shocker. Is Son um, still classified as a confidence player who performs fantastically when he's confident? Or is that no. kind of no longer an excuse? Son is a player who likes to beat Man City. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's it. Now, at, at the moment, he, he's struggling. And I don't know whether it's injury or what, but he's definitely struggling. Um, the idea that his head's been turned is a sad one um, because he's such a great guy. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's rumours. There's always rumours. On Facebook, Dean Britton says, Do you think now that we have this giant O2 Arena-style stadium, Levy and Lewis are only interested in selling the club and less interested in the team? Uh, to be honest with you, Dean, we've discussed this already. Um, yeah. 
I I don't I I don't know what to say. Um, no, um, I I don't think they are. I think they're just creaming the profits. And like I said, my fear is that the person who buys the club next is Daniel Levy. Um, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to cope with that. It's going to be a good <laughs> thing. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice one. Uh, Matthew Fleming says, has Sam had the famous season over text yet? I, for one, feel that there is still something to play for, but what do you guys think? Do you know what? I haven't. D- Polynesian Dan is either slipping or he has faith out of these 13 games we might win more than we lose. Um, or after he hears this podcast, I'm going to get a message from him saying season over. <laughs> I'm trying to say, yeah, wait. <laughs> he might, it. he might have just been so depressed he didn't think of it. Uh, Trev Gaines says, "How long before you walk, Mister Conte?" Um, how do you feel about this? Every uh, th- this whole because um... <sighs> uh, there's part of me that is kind of like nobody's bigger than the club and I mean this nobody's 100%. bigger than yep. the club and I kind of I'm getting a little bit pissed at the idea that he's doing us a favour <laughs> it's kind of like he took the job he gets paid a silly amount of money he's been given all the coaches he wanted the players he wanted gone are gone the players he wanted signed because by all accounts these are two players he wanted yep. have been signed January window's a bit of an ass the summer window's coming up he's talked about the club are going to back him he said it to people. He, um, teaches leaked it via his usual Fabio Fabrizio Romano source. The club have put it out there as well. To me, he he has the summer and he has next season. Um, if he quits, I think all the narrative from the press will be Tottenham broke Conte. Tottenham broke Conte. Conte had to walk away. Tottenham are so crap. I yeah. think it will reflect badly on him personally. Because he's come in, he's stuttered, and he's gone, rather than working harder, rather than doing this, I've just walked away. And I'll go to another league and get another job and walk the league like I did in Italy. And yay, I'm great again. Um, So, how long before he walks away? Well, if he does, that's on him. I, I can't be asked to go through this kind of anxiety over it anymore. I got to that point with Pochettino as well when he kept getting linked with Real Madrid. I just got to the point it was like it would be it'll break me. I'll be gutted. But I can't do this every game. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do this. I, I agree completely. I I have almost got fed up. I think it was after the Burnley game where he where he yeah. had that real outrage. Yeah. An outburst. There was a part of me that was like, go on then, fuck off. Yeah, like yeah, if you, if you're I'm, gonna go, go I'm half I, Italian, I so I fully understand yeah. the passionate <laughs> Italian kind of thing. I get yeah. that. I'm a very passionate person about things as well, and yeah. this has caused me to no longer play for my local village football team <laughs> because I had a go at them all and the manager, <laughs> and I now don't play for them anymore um, because I was bored of losing yeah. every week, and I, that's not yeah. what I do. Yeah, <clears throat> so I understand. However. Yeah. Even after the Burnley game, even I was sat here going, just fuck off. Go on. If you're yeah. gonna do this every week, just yeah. it's not for you. Just go. What um what I find interesting for me, this is purely me, is his reaction after that Burnley game was like, Oh, really? Do you have to do that in public? Really, really? But then after the Middlesbrough game, he looked like he didn't care. And I'm like, Oh no, you gotta care. Don't <laughs> don't not care. Yeah. That's 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 worse. Don't you look like you're resigned now? I don't like that. Go back to going mental. And that was just thirty two minutes into the match. 
I know, right? <laughs> uh, Barry Fowler says, Quite frankly, I knew last week's show was going to be bollocks when I saw the title What is Wrong at Tottenham and then saw it was only 55 minutes long. So knew you wouldn't even scratch the surface. Okay, seriously, my question. <laughs> that was not where I thought that comment was going. <laughs> no. So my question, Conte is a great manager of a great pedigree and when we play teams that want to play, we set up to counter-attack and do brilliantly. What is the solution when teams come and put 11 men behind the ball? We can't break them down. Do we not have the players? If I'm a bottom half team now, I'm setting up to frustrate and nick a result. Uh, yeah, it's been that way for quite some time, Barry. Um, we, we as a club have struggled with the squad we have to break teams down. Ericsson yeah. used to do it for us. And then when Ericsson basically got jaded and was done, we've struggled ever since. I, um, I, say, I remember even in the Poch days, yeah. If a team set up eleven behind the ball, yeah, we struggle. would struggle for ninety yeah. minutes to get chances. Yeah, 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 we would. And and the one thing about that is sometimes that team under Pochettino had the firepower to come out early and grab a goal, and that changes the game. Yeah, if you come out absolutely all guns blazing early and get ahead, teams can't do it. They can't then sit in, and that was the Pochettino tactic because it was like once we do that our system then will we'll just overpower them. And we did. And we used to do that on a regular basis. Um, under Mourinho, it was all about counter-attacking football, which meant teams just sat deep and we didn't do shist. We just sat there and rotted, basically. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. Under Conte, I think Conte's trying to counter-punch the big teams. And is actually trying to outflank the other teams by getting his wing back forward and constantly having outballs. Kane... Under Conte was supposed to be a nine. Oh, I see him as a nine, a nine, a nine. He has now adjusted that and is having Kane drop deep because he knows Kane's his best playmaker as well. Yeah, and and because of that, we are now back into that same Jose pattern almost of, you know, what the hell? Um, we're we're stuck and we're stuck in the mud. The one thing I would say this different under Conte to Jose, and I know this isn't going to be for every game, but we are creating chances. Like, against Burnley, we did hit the bar, hit the post, uh, a couple of really good saves. Middlesbrough's keeper had a blinder last night. You know, we are actually opening teams up, but we are so open at the back. <laughs> um, it's like, we're if we if we go for it and we open teams up, we're, we're basically going to this point of, like, Tottenham of the 90s, which is we'll lose 5-4 or we'll win 5-4. You don't know what's going to happen yeah. there. We'll be goals. Yeah. Um, it's difficult and uh, thank you for your kind review of last week's show um, Martin Oakley says garbage three centre half system always a man shorter midfield uh, to be honest with you Martin it works well providing everyone actually does their jobs same as any system really um, but there is definitely an argument to say that we are being overrun in midfield but then again yeah. I've, I've seen us pack the midfield and get overrun the players need to work yeah, are we getting overrunning midfield purely because the midfielders aren't doing their job? Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, I it's gonna sound silly. I think we've really missed Skip. I really think we've missed him. Oh, Skippy um, or Young Skippy? Tom, young. Uh, Tom Perk says, "Do we just need to change our formation against weaker opposition? Should we should we have played four two three one from the start against Middlesbrough? It's difficult because I actually think against Middlesbrough when we switched to a back four, we looked awful." Um, I think the players look lost. I think tactically we lost all of our rhythm and he actually had to change it back by making another substitution and then we got back on top of yeah, the game. Yeah, he had to take Colo off for um, yeah. Reggie, didn't he, to bring that system yeah. back. Yeah, 
the, the team looked completely bereft of ideas without it. Uh, James Campbell says, what odds would you give us that we finish in the top four? Um, <laughs> slim the fuck all, James. Yes, um, I wouldn't want to go to a betting shop with those odds. Let's put it that way. Let's let, let, let's just take it a little bit more seriously. Um, we have, in the 13 games remaining, it in our own hands to finish in the top four. To a certain extent, that's all you want. You know, as as a manager, as a, as a team, to have your fate in your own hands is is a battle. At this end of the season, that is yeah. part of the battle. I mean, I'm looking at the fixtures as we speak. Yeah, I mean, and when I say in our own hands, it's because we have got games against teams that we're up against. Yep. You know, Manchester United, Arsenal, um, we got, uh, I think, a game against West Ham. West Ham, um, Liverpool, Liverpool was in there. Know. We get, so, oh, we got Burnley again. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got to play. I think it's Brighton twice. Brighton twice. Newcastle, yeah. Villa, Brentford. Yeah, yeah there. Look, on our day, we can beat any of those teams, and I genuinely believe that. Maybe not Liverpool, but I, I genuinely believe we are good enough to win those games. I'm most scared for the fact the next game is at home to Everton, and you know Delhi's going to score a worldie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I did hear the fans come up with a song the other day. Um, you know the we've got Delhi, Delhi Ali. You yep. just don't think we understand. He only costs five mil. He's better than Ozil. Yep. Um, there was uh, on Twitter a guy said, uh, "You've now got Delhi, Delhi Ali. You just don't think you understand. He cost you fuck all. He's still better than Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> but now you've got Delhi Ali. Now if our fans sing that." I'll be so I'm, happy. I'm, I will be delighted because that's hilarious. He cost you lot fuck all. He's still better than Ozil. I mean that that's brilliant. Oh. It's also changing Ozil's name slightly to make it fit, but I'm all up for that. Yeah. Uh, John Coy's Hotspur again, the best name for a Tottenham fan ever. Despite averaging fourth overall in the Premier League over the last eight years, we've lost sixteen domestic trophies. Yet these two forwards below, Lorente and Janssen, he posted a picture, have scored as many goals from open play across those 16 defeats, um, including against these teams that we've been knocked out of cups, as our world-class forwards, Kane and Son. Have the players let us down more than the managers and Levy? Oh, it's a, it's a valid criticism, John. It yeah, really is. It's like the whole thing of how many goals has Harry Kane scored after the semi-final of any tournament, club or country. Yeah, it is it is a real valid thing. But what I do take it back, John, is the mentality issue of the club, I think, transfers down to the players. But also, you've got, you got to factor in now that this club has a... It's not a monkey on their back anymore. It's King Kong. Because the media love us not winning trophies. Yeah. It is clickbait articles galore. We got knocked out by Middlesbrough the other night, okay? And there is article, article after lad Bible, sport Bible. You name a Bible, and there's a tweet about it. Yeah, they are out there just ripping into Spurs. All of these young players are social media savvy. All of them feel that pressure. Our fan base. I mean, my reaction was just this is another trophyless season straight away. That was my reaction. It's like another season goes by. Uh, and I think uh, you know, there's a generation of Tottenham fans who have not seen us win a trophy. There is a generation of Tottenham fans older who watched us in our glory days or are watching it right now going, this isn't the club I love. There is a real problem. There is a real area of pressure being put on the players. And there's a real apathy from management. You combine apathy from management and pressure from the other side of supporters, 
I think our players crack under it. I, I genuinely do. I think they're just like, what am I doing? I'm, I, oh no, I, I, we must win a trophy. If we don't win a trophy, that's it. We're all, you know, we're crap forever. And and it just, their minds, they just lose it. Um, you know, because I don't think I've seen us play well in a cup semi-final or final in a long time. A long time. No, you're right. Because you can, because you can lose games you play well in. Like that Champions League final, that wasn't Tottenham in that final. That was a shadow of the team that had got to that final. A shadow. And like Pochino talks about how the delay between the getting to the final because of when the date was, he thinks they overtrained and he still to this day regrets what they did and how they did it. But he thought they were going to come into the final fully fit and ready to go. We were a shadow of our best, a shadow. I mean, Liverpool weren't good either, to be fair, but they were good enough to beat us on a day. Mm. And just so many times, like Chelsea in the final, Man City in the League Cup final last season, there's just, we don't show up. That is a mentality issue. That is an issue, I like I said, I think it's, it's created from the top mm. down, and I think it's the pressure they're under. And every season, that pressure gets worse. Yeah, it's the same mentality we seem to have against Burnley and against Middlesbrough. We're yeah. here, we've turned up, Yeah, we deserve to win. We're Tottenham Hotspur, we're better than you. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and I feel like that, again, it's a mentality thing, but that, that to me, this season in particular, has been my most frustrating thing. Southampton, yeah. Wolves, Burnley... Yeah, it's been painful. We have just basically walked out on the pitch, and because we are on that pitch, we are Tottenham, we deserve to win... Yeah. We don't need to really perform because we're just going to no. roll over you because you guys are, pff, you're wolves, you're Middlesbrough, yeah. you're Burnley. It's, it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that they and feel that they way. They all walk off the pitch. They they go and clap the fans and they walk off the pitch going, I don't really get how we lost that one. No. No, well, you, you lost it because you didn't show up. Uh, Sean Gibbs says, yeah, Panto season finished in January. What is the player's excuse for the shambolic performances? Why are they so highly paid yet give very little or nothing in return? Perhaps the admins of our fan sites need to get a statement from Mr. Levy on his plan. Um, the last time I wrote to Daniel Levy, I got banned from the club, so I'm not going to do that again. Um, the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust have, on a regular basis, asked the club to be more transparent in their thinking and what their plan is. Don't just say to us, we want to win things. Actually tell us what you are doing to to achieve that. And the club refuse. It's like asking any business to reveal anything. They're not going to do it. Mm. So the only way to really put pressure on the ownership is for the fans to unite and protest and to make their voices be heard. Uh, they did that about the European Super League. If after every single game or before every single home game coming up there was a protest, the club would do something. The club would have to act. But, and I and I say this, the club is in apathy with the players. The fans are just as bad. Like, I talk on this podcast about things, but I, I live in uh, Bristol. I, I, I literally am far enough away from the stadium and stuff like that. I respect anybody... Even if I think, oh, you know, that's a bit over the top or anything like that. I respect anyone who takes time out of their day, their thing, to make a banner and go and protest outside the club. And when I see a social media reaction of, oh, look at that idiot on his own and stuff like that, I'm not like that. I think, well, fair play to you. you yeah, you're, you're actually making something. a point. Yeah. You're actually doing something. I come on this podcast, I talk about it and stuff like that, but I, I'm not in a position that I can actually go and perform this act. 
I think that organized groups doing it you you need but you need it to be more than 10 people showing up you need it to be significant you need it to be hundreds upon thousands of people at any home game we've got 30 to 40,000 Tottenham fans going of those fans half of them probably would go and stand with a protest for five minutes to make their voices known that they are unhappy at the moment the way the clubs run somehow someone somewhere needs to communicate with our fan base to drive that because yeah. if you do i promise you the club will listen they it's, they will because yeah. they do every time the minute the minute their names dragged through the mud they they react they didn't pay their staff there was an online campaign and they reversed it within a day very good i mean the european super league yeah. all of it the minute there's backlash they panic and they they reverse and they change can you imagine the look on daniel levy's face if all the fans got together and went right do you know what yeah this home game against so-and-so yeah imagine like a home game yeah. against someone like arsenal or someone like a real yeah. big game or west ham yeah. or something like that yeah. and they all and walk they out up. and for yeah. the first five minutes no one goes in the stadium. Yeah, no, I know. And yeah. after five minutes, everyone go in, fill your boots. Even if yeah. even if you've gone into the ground, but yeah. everyone just stands in the bar areas. Yeah. Just for five minutes and let Daniel yeah. Levy sit there and go... Mate, it would be every journalist, every news outlet, every television station would see it. Every It would name in the mud. Yeah. The club would be in the mud. Everyone walks in with a bit of paper and just holds up Levy out. Just, 60,000 fans just yet leaving any count. You know, you know, they did that where someone put placards on all the seats in the South Stand so they held up, you know, to dare us to do. Yep. Hold up to dare us to dare, is it? You know, just... just yeah. The, the, the problem is, is the organisation on that level. And also there are a lot of people out there who think it's a nonsense and they're like, oh, you know, careful what you wish for. The new owner might be worse. Oh, yeah, all right. Can um, they be? Really? Yeah. Yeah, Carl Terry says, what's really wrong with the club, the board, the priorities, the manager, the players, the scouting? Uh, to be honest with you, Carl, we've talked about that the whole podcast, so hopefully I've answered your question. Uh, the last one is from Frank George Hobbs, who says, how can a team that six seasons ago promised so much to deliver so little? The players have dropped off that much. We should be in the bottom part of the league, not the top. Are they just second-rate players when you look at the bin dippers and what they do? Okay, uh, apologies for reading out Ben Dippers because I've re- literally read out what he's said. Um, look, <sighs> there's a difference in mentality. We've spoken about this before in the pod. A difference in mentality yeah. between clubs. The Liverpool, the Liverpool owners appointed a manager, let him come in, let him make an assessment, and then went, "What do you need?" Remember he that season? Them, yeah, they got really close, and he said, "I need yeah. a centre back and a goalkeeper." Next yeah. season, they won the Champions League. They signed him the best centre back available and the best goalkeeper available. Yep, and and they won the Champions League. And don't get me wrong, he didn't sign them the best goalkeeper in the world or the best centre back in the world. They no, signed no, no. the best goalkeeper the best that was available to them and yeah. the best centre back yeah. that they could get. Yeah, and Tottenham have tried to do that, and we've gone okay. That's the centre back we want, and then they've sold, signed Joe Roden. Yeah. For example, yeah, yeah, you know, we've yeah. gone, we need no, one right. world-class centre-back to get us there. Right. Okay, yep, yeah, here's um, two centre-backs that are championship to premiership level. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. The club are more interested in the investment. Daniel Levy runs the football recruitment like an investment company, like Enoch runs the club. Yeah. If I sign him for X, he's this year's old, his value will stay at X for so many years under his contract, I can sell for more, I can, at least I'll get the value back. That's not how football works. No. That's not the reality. You need to be signing a player to win something, not to for resale. And Conte until that it. changes. Yeah. yeah, until that changes, until that mentality shifts, we're stuck, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Um anyway, that's the last of the questions. Um we are an hour and twenty minutes into this roughly. I think it's time to end it before people are ready to jump. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know any? Do you know any good jokes? I feel like we should finish on a joke. Ah, uh, do you know what? I saw some really good ones the other day, and now I can't think of any. The, the only the only joke I've got, I think I get done for like casual racism because it's an Englishman, Irishman, Scotsman, and a no. Joke, oh, you can't do those no, anymore. No, can, oh, no. can you not? Can you not get away? Cause even even when it's like banter between the nations. I mean, I, I think I'm. I mean, I'm half Irish. <laughs> I can get away with this. I, I can get away with this. If I get cancelled, lovely speaking to you all. Yeah. Um, so we're going to finish on a joke, right? So an Englishman, a Scotsman, Irishman and a Welshman all get captured during a war. And they're going to be put to death because they've been spying. And the firing squad come along and they say, right, okay, we're going to do any last requests. And he said uh, to the Welshman, he said, what's your last request? He said, oh, I'd like to hear one last time, you know, bread of heaven sung by a choir of all Welsh voices. Okay, all right, yeah, we can do that. Uh, Scotsman, what about you? He said, I'd like to hear the the Highlands sound of the bagpipes. It's a 10-minute overture from the Scottish bagpipes. He said, yeah, yeah, we can do that for you. Yeah, okay, that's no problem. The Irishman, what about you? He said, oh, I'd like to hear the Irish pipes. So the one last time, you know, Danny Boy sung, and I'd like it, you know, I'd really love that. The Irish voices hear it bellowing out. He said, yep, we can arrange that for you. The Englishman, what about you? He said, oh, shoot me first. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> no, oh. uh, cancelled. And on that note, uh, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who continues to listen, even during these depressing times of all things football. I just also want to say a very big uh, thank you to. Uh, we do have a listener. I mentioned this last week in the Ukraine. He has messaged. He is still safe uh, for the time being. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm going to stay in touch with him. See how he's getting on. Uh, he's asked me not to read his name out, which is fair enough for where he is. Um, but he has been in touch, so that's great. And he says he's going to continue to listen, which I think is very brave of him during this time. <laughs> um, it's hardly like I'm cheering him up. But uh, like I said, a big thank you to everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, Matt should be back, hopefully, unless Tube strikes and Rail strikes again. Mate, massive thank you for stepping in. I will speak to everyone next week. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.